being live. Yeah, we are. You guys, who let us have a podcast? <laughs> Hello and welcome to the first ever Habit Podcast. I'm Christina Franklin. I'm Natalie Hopkins. And I'm Paige Berg. And welcome. I hope you guys are as excited as we are. <laughs> so today's topic is kind of a major one. I think we're kind of starting with a bang. And that topic is the all or nothing mentality versus consistency. We're in the, the nutrition industry, right? And I feel like the nutrition industry is kind of always pushing some sort of quick fix or something like that. And, and we are, we're the opposite. We are all about long-term consistency, like not doing anything crazy, drastic, and kind of finding your balance. I feel like it takes practice and consistency and like all other aspects of life to master something. Yeah. But when it comes to dieting, it's like, what's the fastest, most aggressive way (laughs) to get to where I need to go? Right. Right. Tell me everything that I need to lose 10 pounds in a week. Right. Where it's like, if you look at your relationships or, you know, your career, or if you were an athlete, it takes time. It takes years to kind of master that craft. One thing that we are seeing in common with like all of our very successful clients are that they're a lot more focused on consistency versus extreme perfection. Right. 100%. Over a period of time. Exactly. Like not even just consistent for the 90 days, like consistent for a long period of time. Mm-hmm. Months. Really? So what, like, what is in your eyes, right? What, like, what is consistency? I mean, really, it's just, I guess when I'm thinking about consistency, it doesn't even look like perfection, right? It's just like, how effective are you at like, you know, not like stopping and starting. It's just like keeping the ball rolling. So even if a day doesn't go well or, um, a, a couple a couple days don't go well. You just get right back into it. Like the next chance you've got, as opposed to like this massive, like yo-yo effect of being like up and down and then like staying down and then like being up and almost being like unsustainably like perfect quote unquote. Yeah. Sure. I love that of keeping the, keeping the ball rolling. It's like some days you're pushing that ball uphill. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, yeah. <laughs> and some days you're, we're going to be having, we're going to have so many analogies tonight. We're like the queen of analogies. Spitting. We love analogies. <laughs> I agree. I feel like consistency is like not, it's not like sexy and like something you could talk about and like, you can't really brag to your friends that you've been like super duper balance like nobody wants to hear that that's not cool yeah <laughs> it's not cool it's not like a magic pill it's not like oh you know hey Christina what have you been doing for the last four years to keep those like 40 pounds off I'm like yeah I'm just really consistent just really giving it 85 percent all the time <laughs> yeah a consistent 85 <laughs> percent yeah I'm giving like a salt and some days it's 60 and some days it's 100 but like I'm I'm never like just like throwing all fucks out the window. Exactly. I feel like on the days that I'm really consistent, I'm, when I look back on it, I'm like, I said yes to myself over and over and over for those past seven days straight, or I was continuous in my decisions day after day after day. And that 
has added up to months and now a full year of being consistent. So it's not even a a thought that you really think about in the process. It's really looking back that you're like, oh shit, I just was really consistent. (laughs) So true. When you're being really consistent, it shouldn't feel really hard. Mm -hmm. It's funny because in this kind of all or nothing society that, I mean, I was so into it (laughs) for so long, but like it's meant to be hard. Like it, you're supposed to be like, like trudging through the mud, like trying to get out the other side, or at least that's how I felt. (laughs) I mean, I personally have an all or nothing mentality. It definitely started when I was pretty young. Like I was either really, it's either like the best day ever or like the worst day ever. John always, my husband always jokes about it. He's like, is it the best day you've ever had? Or is it, is everything burning? Like, (laughs) all right. (laughs) But I was definitely the same way with dieting. Like I was pescatarian. I was a vegetarian at one point. That lasted like two weeks, but I was a pescatarian for like a solid five months. I was paleo for a long time as well. And it all felt super freaking hard. Nodding our heads. But like I low-key look. It's so funny to me every time you talk about like being all or nothing or like having this mindset. And I think it's so funny because there's so many things with the two of us where we're just like opposites attract. And I'm like, I have never been... I've never really had that all or nothing mentality. And so it's been the most eye opening. And like, I always think every time you talk about it, I'm like, tell me more. Like, I don't (laughs) have this life experience. And I'm just like, encapsulated by it. Because I'm like, what do you mean? You're like, either on or off? Like, what about I feel like I'm constantly in the middle? Like I'm a Libra, like I, like the scale is like my freaking thing. Like I've never been in the middle in my whole life. (laughs) (laughs) I mean that 150% or like negative 1000. That's it. Cracks me up. Like I'm always just like, oh my God, tell me more, Christina. Like what? You're a unicorn. I feel like I'm not weird for feeling this way. I feel like you're crazy (laughs) for being so so balanced like who comes out like that who like who raised you (laughs) so fucking centered and zen it's frustrating did you go to college (laughs) (laughs) be more zen okay obviously dieting is extremely popular and it's you know super addicting in my in my experience (laughs) um and with like the current state of the nutrition industry i mean there's a salary sort of shortage right now a salary shortage. I'm pissed about it. Yeah. All I want to do is dip it in hummus and these bitches are juicing it. In Hope Hummus. Shout out. Sponsor us, Hope Hummus. What's up? True. <laughs> I just ate um, Hope Hummus, Hope Hummus on sweet potato fries because I just uh, wanted to eat it. And it was in the ooh. oven and I was like, I'm just going to go for it. So yeah, Hope Hummus. I used Hope Foods Buffalo Blue Hummus on my tacos today instead of sour cream. So, so there's that. Yeah, it was... Really just, it was outrageous. Anyway, what we were saying, like the current state of the nutrition industry where like every other picture is like green juice or celery juice or someone's on Whole30 and they're like, I'm on day 28. I'm so excited to just be crazy this weekend. And I'm like, that is so not the point. I can't stress it enough. And of course, my favorite, which is ketosis. Oh. Going keto. Keto. Yes. 
Yeah, going Hot keto. Topic. We're just, I think we should just move right past it because, Let's do it. yeah. And you can just D de- slide into my DMs if you want to talk about it a little bit more. Jillian Michaels basically got banned from the Today Show for talking about it. So, God forbid we bring it up on a podcast. She's my favorite person ever. Talk she about really a unicorn. Too. Yeah. Talk about a unicorn's right. Way to be real. Get it. Elroke, are you crazy? Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> Anyway, let's talk about the popularity of like fad diets and kind of, or not fad diets, but crash dieting. And then like really what's happening. Cause I feel like so many of our clients come in with this kind of background of going through these ups and downs, right. Going through Mm -hmm. all these, these yo-yos. And I so can relate. I know Natalie's like super (laughs) weird and, and is just like real balanced, but I totally can relate. I was first shit sure addicted to dieting when I was in college being on or off. Like what Natalie was saying, what you were saying, Natalie, about starting and stopping. That was what I lived by. I would start real, real hard. And then I would stop just as hard. And I was definitely like addicted to like the thrill of losing like seven pounds in a week. Holy shit. (laughs) That just gave me like a hot flush. Yeah. It was like, it was for sure my thing. I'd, I'd go and go on the elliptical. I mean, Jesus, but I'd go on the elliptical for like an hour and I'd eat like a thousand calories a day. And for the record, if you're listening to this and you've never met me, I'm six <laughs> foot tall <laughs> to put that into perspective. Side note, they're both six feet tall in models and we did a beach photo shoot. So let me tell you that my five foot four self was feeling it. It's true. We walked out and we were like, oh my God, you're so small. I was like, literally, is this a prank? I'm getting punked right now. We're like, should we hold her up or like put shoes on her? Even my husband was like, it's okay. I love you anyways. So I actually met Natalie in college. Side note, we were, we were on the same floor in our freshman year dorm room. And and then then we lost touch together. And then fate brought us back together. That's right. Like, like a decade later. Magic, which is pretty freaking cool. But when I met Natalie, I was highly addicted to dieting. (laughs) I was very obsessed with, and Natalie and I were not the uh, nutrition focused humans. I was living on Cheetos. That's right. The nutrition focused folks that we are today, preaching consistency. But yeah, I mean, I was definitely into like hard, fast sprints and like, go, you know, losing all the weight I wanted to lose in like 10 days and then just going absolutely ham. I would also save most of my calories for vodka. Yeah, that's you. (laughs) RIP. RIP, college Christina. That's why you had to lose 40 pounds. Anyway, so what happens? Let's talk about what happens when you crash diet, because I think especially when I was in that cycle, And so many of our clients, when they come in, just like I've never really been told the truth about like what is happening internally when we're doing these extreme things. I wish somebody had told me these things. Natalie's never experienced this before, but there's something (laughs) called the plateau, Natalie, that happens when you go really hard on something, really hard. Our bodies, especially if you're at like a healthy BMI 
kind of panics and, and conserves and starts to try and protect your body from whatever extreme thing that you are choosing to do at the time. Right. And the extreme harm that you're doing to yourself. Um, you know, it could be for me under eating over exercising. And so instead of, you know, after that seven, 10 day sprint of being really intense, my body would, I mean, it would panic. The first time that I heard that I was blown away. I think I was a client at the time on habit and it was during a Facebook live and it was the most Jesus coming down from the heavens moment that I've ever had (laughs) because it just was like, well, no shit. You can't lose weight. Your body's panicking. And it's just saying like shutting down any other you know, want or need and just focusing on staying alive. (laughs) So that was so relatable when I heard that. And I was like, well, obviously what I've been doing from a detox perspective in the past wasn't, I wasn't even able to lose weight. A detox. (sighs) Detoxes. They, they told me to give up coffee. I gave up coffee for like a month. I was the worst this program that I was on. What the hell kind the, of program is that? <laughs> I was the worst version of myself. The worst. You know what no Natalie coffee. is saying right now in her head? <laughs> I would die. Natalie is saying in her head, well, Paige, if you don't plan on giving up coffee for the rest of your life, then you shouldn't give it up for a diet. <laughs> Christina gets me. I could see it like scrolling across your forehead. Yeah. Also water weight. Can we talk about water weight? I think water yes. weight. We don't talk, yes. we don't talk a ton about water weight on, um, the habit. It's kind of like a case by case basis when we talk about water weight, but as our resident marathon runner, why don't you talk about how carbs affect our water weight? So this is honestly, and I, I kind of joke a lot of the times when I talk about like what it is to be a macro coach or a health coach, or whatever. Cause I'm like, I feel like so much of my job is just talking people off the ledge to be like water weight and physical like weight from by way of fat are not the same thing. And I don't feel like very many people can like distinguish that. And that's honestly where I think macros and like a program like ours is so helpful because it trains you to understand the difference between body simply retaining water because you've eaten a lot of carbs or a lot of salt versus like you are engaging in some really poor habits Mm -hmm. and now you have excess fat weight on your body major difference but so essentially right I mean essentially it's like if you're what is it what's the like actual it's 2.7 grams of water per gram of fat I mean, sorry, per gram of carb. Carb. Right. So, I mean, as a runner, I eat an absurd amount of carbohydrates and generally a lot of salts. So I just like pretty comfortably just carry around like a solid chunk of water weight (laughs) on me. How many carbs are you eating right now? Not very many for me, but not very many for me is like 215 grams. Get it, girl. What a yeah, beautiful that's thing. Like oh, yeah. I mean, I maybe I should I take live up for them or just eating carbs <laughs> <laughs> or just running optional, <laughs> running optional or just eating carbs. I don't know. I feel like Paige, you're with your um, body type because you have a similar body type to me. 
just very long, we could definitely sustain quite a huge carbon take. I'm bumping them up lately. It yeah. feels great. Push, push that up to 50%, girl. Get it. Yeah, I'm going to get after it. Get it. They're so good. They're, so They're far superior to fats, in my opinion. 1,000%. Could not agree more. <laughs> Fuck fats. I would happily eat like 10 grams of fat in a day if I could have 300 grams of carbohydrates. Same, same, same. A million percent. I would eat a whole thing, an entire pounder of sourdough pretzels. <laughs> oh. yeah. They have no fat. Anyway, we're getting off topic. <laughs> okay, so water weight, we're losing water weight. Where our bodies are obviously panicking, conserving, plateauing. Also, like, we work so hard for muscle mass, especially as women. Building lean muscle mass takes so much time. Um, you know, we have to work out the, for the correct way. We have to eat enough protein. We have to recover long enough. All of these, so all the stars have to be aligned for a woman to, to gain lean muscle mass. And when we crash diet, we're losing muscle mass. Mm-hmm. Which is just like a goddamn shame. It really is. It's a real shame. It really is. And then I would say the most detrimental part, which is at the point where a lot of our clients are coming to us, is you we're just building this horrible, super unhealthy mindset around food and fitness. Food becomes the enemy because it's something that you have to mm-hmm. avoid. Most of the things that you want or crave are things that you just feel guilty about, which are, are, that's for sure how I felt. And then working out becomes something you have to do because you have to burn the calories that you ate of the demon food that you ate. Mm -hmm. The demon food. (laughs) The demon food. And then we break. Yeah. Right. We break. Mm -hmm. For me, I feel like my average break time was like 11 days. Mm. Precise. What about you, Paige? God, I would say way less than that. Really? Yeah. I would just binge hardcore and then I'd be like, nope, restrict, 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 and then binge again and then restrict. It's mm. just a vicious cycle. So in terms of my breaking point, I got to it faster because I was eating so much shittier, so much faster. <laughs> mm, interesting. Was it like a weekend? Was it a oh, weekend, weekend for sure? Yeah. Also a fun fact, after you lose a fat cell once, and then gain it back, it becomes exponentially more difficult to lose again. Do we think that's just a woman thing or is it a guy thing too? I don't know. Just curious. I don't know if fat cells discriminate. Just totally I don't know curious. if they're that sexist. <laughs> <laughs> we can look into it. <laughs> Check out the follow-up episode to see if women just have Check a harder than men. <laughs> That's so freaking funny. Okay. So why, so why are we just talked about how terrible obviously crash dieting is as crash dieting is and how, you know, hard it is on the body, on the mind. So why is consistency in relationship to kind of fueling yourself or not even just in relationship to macros, but why is consistency in relation to feeding yourself so important? I freaking love this whole spiel, like this whole topic. And I think because like when you break it down, when you make things like very simple, calories are energy. Energy is calories. So 
if you want to have a consistent amount of energy, if you want to consistently feel like you're in a good mood, which doesn't mean always, right? Like it's not an always thing that doesn't exist, but most of the time or like the same amount of time, like it's just no different. Like you were saying at the top of this whole conversation is like, if you wanted to like get from point A to point B in your car every day, you would have to have a consistent amount of energy to get your car there. Right. Like you have to also treat your body with that exact same mentality. Like you have to have a consistent amount of energy. Energy is calories. If you want to feel some sort of way or look some sort of way or perform some sort of way consistently. Right. Yeah. It's so easy to be like your food is fuel calories is energy eat the same amount every single day to see the results. But when I look at food or I consistently have to remind myself that food is not supposed to make me feel a certain way, like mentally, right? Like, this kind of gets into like a whole different rabbit hole of like emotional eating and like cravings and our relationship with food and our relationship with dieting and all that good stuff. Um, but I having that constant reminder of like, when you look at food, if you can remember that its purpose is to fuel you, I think that's kind of like the biggest goal or takeaway. That was another huge aha moment for me because I always looked at food as it was the enemy. And typically no matter what I was eating, it was the enemy because everything I ate, even if it was considered air quotes, healthy or not, it was not giving me what I wanted. And that was to lean out and just lose body fat. And the moment that I started realizing that eating foods that number one, that I love, Uh, And number two, you know, eating them at the right time of the day is how I'm going to be able to maintain that consistent, good feeling of energy, of, you know, awareness of how I'm feeling myself in the morning um, in order to get me to my goals, essentially. Yes. Natalie, one of my favorite things that you ever said to me was... (laughs) your monster analogy that you were using with some of your clients. Can you please share it with the class? I'll do my best to pull it out of my brain. Okay. So essentially what happens when you are like stuck in this like yo-yo trap where you're like, I'm going to under eat and under eat. And then like, I'll be fine. I can do this. Like I'm going (laughs) to rock this calorie deficit. It's literally like, it's a monster that's chasing you. So like as you like keep digging yourself deeper and deeper into this like severe calorie deficit, like you cannot outrun this monster that is hunger. (laughs) So like you're just, what's going to happen is that like, it's actually that monster is just going to get closer to you and bigger. And then when you do eventually eat, like you're so much more likely to go way far in the other direction that it's just like the most unproductive thing you can possibly do for your body. So it's crazy. I like whenever I'm doing like check-ins and I'll see that and I'll see like, you know, maybe there's like a day or two where somebody was like, you know, really far under their macros. And then it's like, like clockwork the next day or two days later, it's like they're way over. And it's just like, that's 
exactly what happens. Mm-hmm. Like you can't really outrun that monster, that hunger trap. And that's where the consistency factor comes in. When you first start out, you're learning to look at food in a completely new way, right? So you're looking at your food for carbs, fats, and proteins as opposed to calories or, mm-hmm. you know, I want this because I yeah, want this right. or, you know, pasta is bad or mm-hmm. whatever. So like changing that mindset's not going to ha- happen overnight. And it, it, it's going to be difficult to hit your macros within three to five grams on week 100%. one, even through the onboarding week of practice. Like it's hard, but push through, try and get close, try and get as close as possible. That's not going to be your forever by any means. You're not going to forever be weighing and measuring and logging and tracking and trying to get within three grams of your goals every day. I mean, I I haven't been doing that for the last five years. I can tell you (laughs) that, but you know, that it's, it's the learning cycle, right? When you first, when you first begin and there's tiers of, there are tiers of what consistency looks like. And those tiers did not involve hitting 1200 calories one day and 2100 the next. I would probably say, you know, if you can get within those three, five, 10 grams, do it. If you can't, uh, or, you know, if, if circumstance does not allow because you're traveling or whatever, I mean, still do it. But if you can't, if you really can't, you know, hit your protein first and then just kind of stay within that caloric range. I feel like protein's just huge for keeping you satisfied mm-hmm. and pull like full and, you know, not overly crazy craving. Mm-hmm. And also like if, if you're having like that hard of a time, I think grabbing for proteins, like just always a good option. And then if you can't hit that protein goal, just staying within your caloric range for the day and just like never getting to that point where you're just saying F it. Mm-hmm. Right. It's kind of what, what consistency looks like for me. But of course, you know, if you're starting out, if you're starting out, it's like a little game of Tetris or Sudoku. You're just trying to fit all the little right. pieces together, seeing where you're over, where you're under, where it doesn't fit. Totally. A hundred percent. As you like move on to like, once you have figured everything out and you know how to hit your macros, like it becomes so much less about like, gotta hit those numbers and like, gotta like get my food scale out. It's about like, what are the foods that you're actually choosing? And like, can you be consistent in primarily choosing fruits, vegetables, whole grains for carbs instead of processed snacks and foods like aren't that they don't make you feel that great. Like to me, that's also consistency. So it's like, okay, great. Maybe you haven't hit your numbers, but like, what are you choosing? And are you consistent in mostly choosing the same things? Right. And I think that's where the haters come in from like a tracking perspective, the people that don't believe in tracking macros because they're like, it's obsessive. You're counting everything, you're weighing everything, but it's really just trying to get you in the mindset to build better habits. It's not about that. You need to be weighing everything out the rest of your life. You're just trying to get a grasp on what is reality of what you should be eating. Before I started tracking macros, if you asked me what a serving size of literally anything was, I couldn't tell you. Not a damn clue. I've never, I never read a nutrition label, honestly, truly did not even know how to really read one. I would read like the bullshit front that was like, this has six, this is high protein. And then you were looking at it, you're like, oh, according to who? You're right. And it's also like, 
I thought the craziest thing was when I started paying attention to food was that a serving size of pretzels, for example, was maybe like one fifth of what I would actually eat. Mm. And a serving size of mixed greens, like salad greens, was I was eating probably half of a serving if that. And I was like, yes, what? Like, that's so backwards, you know, but you wouldn't know any of that, or at least I wouldn't have known any of that had I not just like opened my eyeballs and started paying attention. Right. I hear kind of a trend on the rise is, you know, how RX bar kind of started with the ingredients on the front of their packaging. I was listening to a couple of podcasts the other day and they were saying that they're kind of predicting that the nutrition labels are going to start to be in the front of the packages, which is like a macro counter stream. That's awesome. Do you know that at Trader Joe's, you know, like the pre-washed greens, mm. a serving size is half the oh bag. I know. God. That's what I mean. I, when I'm like going hard on a salad kick, I am eating a full bag of those a day. And easily. Easily. And so when I go to check out at Trader Joe's, the guy, I was, it was when John was deployed and I would just go grocery shopping for myself and I was buying literally seven bags <laughs> of mixed greens. And the guy was like, are you having a party? And I was like, no. <laughs> You're like, actually, Damn I'm man. really alone. I'm like, <laughs> I live alone and uh, I'm eating one of these a day. <laughs> it's probably like, what the? Get at me. <laughs> I'll never forget that because I literally just felt so judged. And yeah, I was like it's salad, it's salad. Man. exactly. Yeah, it's not the goddamn dark chocolate covered pretzels that I'm buying seven bags like, of. Sir, did you know that a serving size is half the bag? Do the math. Literally, <laughs> I'm like it's just two salads a day. <laughs> so many things happen to us mentally just as much in mentally as physically when we are consistent with tracking macros. So I want to dive a little bit into that. Let's kind of start with the mental, like some of the mental effects that we see with our clients. And then obviously the ones that we've experienced ourselves as well as macro counters. Yeah, I kind of like, I have always said this, but in my kind of macro journey, I've always said that macro tracking and this program changed my mind first and then my body, AKA physical results second. Ooh, I love yeah. that. <laughs> yeah. Because it's so true. I was, I never even knew what being mindful was, but with consistency, I found what being mindful actually means and what it means to like plan my day and, you know, understand when I should be eating carbs versus more protein, what's going to last me throughout my day in terms of my hunger levels. So I love how I was able to understand that. I kind of always thought that being mindful about my choices was like some bullshit statement that bloggers <laughs> we're talking about to be totally blind. mindfulness <laughs> Ugh, mindfulness yeah, mindfulness oh good for you you're just like so in tune with yourself but now I am so here <laughs> but here we are on the other end the joke's on me mindful AF <laughs> so I really I really just now know what my own habits are and I'm implementing kind of a daily snack. So I'm not starving at dinner. I'm doing one in the morning. So I'm not starving before lunch. And even now eating out, I'm really looking at my food as nutrients and what's going to fuel me and not just as like good versus bad choices or calories, which is awesome. I love that. Natalie, I liked what you said about how being consistent 
or like learning to be consistent over time is like making better choices over time. So like making the choice for like whole foods and like whole grains and things like that. I feel like a lot of, I mean, in my personal experience, when I first started tracking macros, I would occasionally do like kind of gross stuff to hit my macros. <laughs> Natalie's like, what do you mean? Like what? <laughs> <laughs> you have to give an example if you say something like that. Come on. Like, <laughs> let's hear it. Like, okay, so my first set of macros that I ever was on, I'm going to share with you my first set of macros that I ever was on. Okay. My first set of macros that I ever was on was 150 grams of protein, 48 grams of fat, and 210 grams of carbs. Mommy, I like it. Super low fat, very high protein. I do not eat that much protein today. But that was my first set before I knew any better. <laughs> it was my first set of macros. So I would do like random gross shit all the time. Like I would get to the end of the night and I'm mm-hmm. talking like within my first four to six weeks, I would literally like chug, mm-hmm. like eat like 70 grams of protein at dinner and then like chug a protein shake before I went to sleep Ick. to like hit my protein goal. It was gross. <laughs> or I would just like eat like an entire container of deli meat. <laughs> so I'd be like well I guess I'm just gonna eat all this deli meat like how else am I gonna get this protein or like put two like smush two protein bars together and eat them if I was on the go and then I would like actually just like fart for days or likewise I was on which I feel I see this a lot with my clients where they will get their carb goal And then they'll start the program and obviously the mindset is I'm on a diet. So they'll have, you know, an egg and omelet for breakfast, a salad for lunch, like carrot sticks for, you know, whatever. And then they get home and they have a hundred grams of carb Mm -hmm. left at dinner. They're like, what am I supposed to eat? Pizza. (laughs) And I'm like, go eat some pasta like now. Like immediately. And so I would do that too, right? I would do that all the time. I'd get home and be like, oh my God, I have 120 grams mm-hmm. of carbs left. Like, what am I supposed to do? And I would eat like three servings of pasta. So gross, delicious, but gross. And so that whole like consistency over time of like learning how to balance or like make better choices that does come with time for sure. So I love that. Yeah. Well, that was like, I posted something in our group last week about like this new little like macro hack I'm trying out because I'm starting to eat macros right now for like performance, like a performance related goal for running. And I'm realizing that the timing of which I'm eating my meals and eating a specific amount of macro per each window of time is crucial. Like it's making the world of difference. And so for me, it's like interesting being consistent for me right now. It's like, yeah, eating the same around the same amount of macros per day. But like more than that, it's like, am I eating around the same amount of calories in a three hour window of time every single day? And that for me just like feels so good right now. Like I can't even tell you how much of a difference it's making on sleep and my water and my mood and my energy and like how I'm performing in workouts. And it's really cool. I think a lot of girls kind of question, when is that going to happen for me? 
Like, when am I going to understand like when to eat what? And of course it's so personal to everybody because everyone has different goals or, you know, what are, what's their workout routine like? So I would say that's kind of like the second phase of like the learning experience or the learning curve from a macro standpoint. Cause your first kind of phase is just figuring the shit out. Yeah. Figuring it out. You know, when do I doing gross shit? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Doing gross shit sometimes. Exactly. Yeah. (laughs) Get them in. (laughs) That is so funny. I love, (laughs) I I, want to talk about sleep. I want to talk about Mm, love sleep. (laughs) I know it's winter. It's fine. I want to talk about sleep because I think when I was in my first macro program, the one of the craziest things that I experienced was like the regulate, like the regulating of my circadian rhythm. Like I was so like when I went to sleep at night, I was tired at the same time every night I would wake up the same time every day. And I was like fully rested. I didn't need like an afternoon nap. I didn't have any crash and the consistency of like eating the same amount every day for shit sure had a, a big part of that. Mm-hmm. Like my energy was just so consistent. I would say I would kind of mirror from an energy standpoint. I think I'm just now so consistently even keel when it comes to my hunger levels. Mm. I'm never feeling like hangry. I mean, we all have those moments every now and again when you're stuck in meetings or you're traveling and you're like, I'm I need a loaf of bread. But I just feel like I've just been able to really even out my cravings. That's a good one. Okay. The last thing I want to talk about is, so we've been talking a lot about obviously like consistency in our personal experiences and kind of like our goal when it comes to having all of our clients and, and you too listening, get just consistent with everything that you do. Right. But let's be real. We are in the nutrition business and with the nutrition business comes this very hard push for results. So consistency and results. Let's talk about what that looks like, because this comes up a lot in our check-ins every single week with our clients. What, what, it, what does it look like? What do results through consistency look like? Cause they're not slap you across the face. Holy shit. Everything has changed in one week. Mm-hmm kind of results. It's it's definitely at a slower pace. And I think that's where people get, you know, or where clients have been frustrated in the past. And they're like, I'm not losing inches or, or those pounds that I really want to lose in the first month. And I think we just, that's kind of why from a coaching perspective, we're here for them to ensure that that's completely normal because you're not crash dieting and you're not taking extreme measures. You're living a so what should be a sustainable kind of everyday sort of diet for you. And that's exactly what, that's exactly what we want you to be doing. Totally. I always, am like, it's such a red flag for me as a coach. If you are being dead on perfect and you're saying no to all these things that you don't intend to say no to forever, like going back to the coffee example, Um, you know, and I'm just like, it's, 
as a coach, like I actually get so much more concerned when I see that like laser focus perfection, as opposed to like consistently having like one or two days that just don't go well, because that's real life. And it's cause for concern for me when I see fast results or when I see something that's like just not sustainable. Cause I'm like in that regard, like I just don't feel like you're actually giving yourself anything that you can't get by just doing some other random crash diet. You don't need a coach for that. Um, that's not like actually like what I want to ever support anybody in. So Mm -hmm. I think that's where Mac, you know, but I'm like, that's, I think where macros are different and like where there's like value in having this, where it's like your own personal set of numbers and like a personal person like there for you. So it's like, don't waste that on something that you could easily do on Instagram. <laughs> right. Sure. Absolutely. And for the people or, and for the, the macro counters who maybe feel like they aren't seeing the results that they want to, what, what would you say? Because I feel like we never really talk about the importance of averages. Yeah the importance of like looking at your average weight and looking at your trend over several weeks versus one week or a couple days or your Monday way in after the weekend. Well, cause it's also that like data is just data. It's just a number. It doesn't actually mean mm-hmm. anything, but if you're seeing like from a broad picture, big picture that you're moving in the direction that you want to, that's, progress that's like actual like tangible progress like the day-to-day stuff really means nothing and taking into consideration all of your improvements right like looking in the mirror how do my jeans fit are my measurements going down like that's a data point but like how do I feel Mm -hmm. from the inside out am I not crashing at three o'clock anymore Right. right am I feeling stronger in my workouts right and then also the road the it's a longer road, but at mm-hmm. the end of that road, I feel like you're set up to like, it took you X amount of time to get there, but the entire time you were fueling yourself, you were like learning how to do it. You were implementing, you know, you learned how to plan your day, like how to incorporate the things that you love, whether it's, you know, going on date night, pizza date night with your husband or whatever. And when you get to that goal weight, it, there are such minor adjustments that you have to, to make to, to maintain it. Yeah. And I think that's a very pertinent question that we get quite a bit when girls are coming in and they're saying, okay, so how quickly did you lose weight? And they want that experience to be their own, but it's so individual and it's really like, what is your lifestyle and what is your goal? Because if you want this to be something that you're going to be able to maintain, it's not going to be a quick fix. And you just have to be comfortable with being uncomfortable with not seeing quick results. It's that whole delayed gratification that I keep talking about. Yeah. I love that word. That's that's perfect. That's like my like phrase of 2019, I swear, like just delay gratification. Yeah. Just keep holding on. And that's why 
when, when we have people that are checking in with us that are feeling frustrated or they're just feeling down about not seeing quick progress. It's just, I think all of us just want to like hug them and just be like, keep going. Like I (laughs) promise you the more that you keep doing this, the more that you're going to see results and the, you know, ultimately you're the more that you're going to be able to reach those goals. Totally. That's it guys. (laughs) 